consulting, monthly accounting, payroll preparation, or tax preparation, Parker Mellinger is the solution for your tax and accounting needs. Call us today. Your initial consultation is always free at Harker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Buddy, I told you not to answer the phone. Give me that. Cotton heading, Lee, heating and cooling, how may I help you? We're getting ready to watch Christmas movies, but it's cold in here. Plus, how do we choose which movie to watch? First, Lee Heating and Cooling can make your home as cozy as Santa's workshop. Second, go to the best Christmas movies of all time movie bracket on SheridanMedia.com. Presented by Lee Heating and Cooling, and you'll find a nice lineup of movies, and you can vote for your favorite. Oh, and don't forget your snacks. We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. Sweet. We'll see you soon, and I'll go check out the movie bracket on SheridanMedia.com. I'm sure Santa would approve. Santa! I know him. I know him. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Ho, ho, ho from the Health Nut, where they have loaded the store with great gift ideas, like pendant crystal light diffusers, soft alpaca hats, mittens, skirts, and sweaters, salt lamps in assorted shapes, aromatherapy bath and shower products, unique Christmas cookies and candy gift sets, African baskets, and so much more. It's the ah, it's exactly what I wanted shopping place. The Health Nut and Sheridan's 5th Street Mall. ERA Carroll Realty and Sheridan County Title bring you the 6th Annual Hometown Shopping Sweepstakes. This is your chance to win hundreds in gift certificates and chamber bucks from our Sheridan and Buffalo merchants. will receive gift certificates to stores like Bighorn Mountain Chiropractic, Southside Grill, Centennial Theaters, Rose Petal Beauty, Sheridan Stationery, Gym Aesthetics, Kilpatrick Creations, Muddy Paw Prints, and Landon's Greenhouse and Nursery. Just go to the contest page at SheridanMedia.com. You can enter one time each day through December 14th. First Federal Bank and Trust is committed to our community. Beginning in January, we'll be donating $1,000 cash each week for 52 weeks to a qualified Sheridan County nonprofit organization. And Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. First Federal is one of two mutual banks in Wyoming, which means they don't pay stockholders. They reinvest your funds right back into the place we call home. Visit efirstfederal.bank for details. Community commitment presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, in many sci-fi media... We may see or read about a robot in charge of medical procedures. According to the surgical clinic, the first records of robotic surgery performed in the real world date to the 1980s. Specifically, 
The first surgical robot, Puma 560, was used in a brain biopsy procedure. This procedure took place in 1985 as robotics started to be implemented to reduce movement due to hand tremors. Then in 1988, the ProBot, developed at the Imperial College in London, was used to make several repetitive incisions during a prostate surgery. Fast forward to the 2010s, the Da Vinci surgical machine has become the most prevalent robotic surgery device in use. One of the most notable milestones occurred in August of 2010, when the Edward Hospital used the Da Vinci surgical system to peel the skin off of a grape, which quickly became an internet meme. You may have seen it. I watched the video this morning, and it was quite <laughs> impressive. Joining me this morning is Sheridan Memorial Hospital Chief Ambulatory Officer Holly Zeitz and Surgeon from Bighorn Surgical, Dr. Joshua Scott. Good morning and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Glad to have you guys here. We're going to talk about something that I thought was uh, the future, but it is now, which really surprises me. Uh, Can you share, but first, share a little bit about yourself and and your background in medical practice. Uh, uh, Ms. Zeitz, I'll start with you. Sounds good. Thanks for having us today. My name is Holly Zeitz. I'm the Chief Ambulatory Officer here at Sheridan Memorial Hospital. I've been here for 18 months. I help partner and lead the strategy for all of our outpatient clinics. It's an exciting time to be in healthcare right now, especially in the outpatient world. We host and hold a lot of opportunities for our patients to create some opportunities for coordination of care and making sure our patients can um, get the care that they need here in the community. So it's an exciting time in the outpatient world. Are you really involved in the transitional care unit as well? I'm not right now, not but right. we help partner with the transitional care unit on our on our outpatient facilities as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, being so involved in outpatient, that's got to be a big part of it, kind of the transition, okay, now we're getting ready to head to the house uh, yep. type of deal. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Doc, how about you? So I'm Dr. Joshua Scott. Um, I'm a Sheridan native, uh, grew up here, graduated high school here, and left uh, for college, uh, wanted to sort of get away from Wyoming, kind of a typical <laughs> story. I uh, kind of wanted to get as far away from here as I possibly could without having to take, uh, you know, go overseas or take an airplane. Uh, so I, I wound up on the East Coast for college and kind of stayed out there for some time. Um, uh, I've never done anything really the traditional way, and and my path towards medicine was, you know, non-traditional, I would say. Um, I was, you know, interested in biology and had a lot of inspiration from my teachers here at the Sheridan High School uh, to pursue biology. So I did that in, uh, in college. And then after college, I worked with some Army doctors and uh, it was really, really kind of fascinating stuff they were doing with technology, working with DARPA, those kinds of things, um, and worked with some Army surgeons Working and, with DARPA. Yeah, well, yeah, DARPA wow. funded projects uh, in, in, in uh, Washington, D.C., uh, kind of far forward surgical technologies uh, to be used on the battlefield, um, like uh, instant kind of hospitals to uh, resuscitate and um, do damage control surgery on soldiers kind of close to the battlefield. And I thought that was just kind of really fascinating stuff. Um, after that, I, I worked with these army surgeons and did some some basic research in a in a in a diabetes lab, and I 
it was real lonely there. Uh, I really wanted, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of, I wanted more interaction with people. I guess I'm, I, I see myself as sort of in, introverted, but I really like inter, interaction with people and, and that was really missing. Yeah. And so that's what inspired me to, to go into medicine. Um, at that time, nine 11 happened and that kind of changed my course as well. Um, and this was a time like, well, you know, I want to be a doctor, but I really want to be an army doctor. You wanted to help. I wanted to help. Yeah. It, it was kind of, it was my calling, I guess. You yeah. know, I said, you know, why not me? You know, there's, I saw, you know, these soldiers out there getting hurt on the battlefield and like, you know, I think I can help. And um, so that's what I chose to do. I went to medical school and uh, during medical school, I uh, worked with surgeons and uh, I thought, man, this is what I want to do. I want to use my hands. I want to be up and about. I want to, um, use my hands to, to cure mm -hmm. and, um, hopefully, uh, be able to do this, you know, on the battlefield. So, uh, I joined the army through a scholarship called the HPSP health Pro profession scholarship program, uh, which worked great for me because they paid for med school and I went to an, kind of an expensive med school out in, in Washington, DC. So, um, trained with the army, did my surgical residency and, uh, uh became an army surgeon and uh, did have the opportunity to take care of soldiers on the battlefield uh, as a surgeon. So you were a battlefield surgeon kind of during the height of everything, if I've got my timing around. It was actually sort of uh, as things were winding down. Uh, I was deployed in 2019 uh, to Afghanistan, and, and kind of at that time, you know, uh, the surge was over and, and things were winding down. It was mostly special operations doing stuff we'd never really even hear about. And, and, you know, they had soldiers there and, and civilians still getting hurt. <laughs> and, yeah. The landmine trauma. Continues. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A, lot, a lot of some of that stuff. So, you know, there was still a role for, for surgeons to be there and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, fortunately we're not there anymore, but, um, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I did, I did not know that about you before oh, the yeah. show, but, uh, and no offense against anybody else, but, uh, I just got a little bit more trust for an army surgeon. You know, I just, I, I know the type of trauma that you've seen. Now, Holly, what are the duties of a chief ambulatory officer? Just exactly what do you do down at the hospital? Absolutely. Well, we try to help and coordinate care for our community and for our patients. So one of the things that I've been working on is making sure that our patients have access to the patient portal so that way, that way they can get real-time information about their care. And we're trying to create some uniformity on how they enter our hospital system to make sure that um, their check-in is smooth. When they get there, we understand what their problems are and help them try to solve um, their medical complications. And then making sure after that we get them in for the testing that they need and the care that they need after their um, outpatient appointment with us. So you really work directly with the patients themselves uh, and almost sounding like problem solving logistics type of deal. Absolutely. Definitely operations of the outpatient clinic world. So I partner with our team that leads those clinics and those uh, managers and the care team and our physicians to try to create these opportunities for our, our community to make sure they're getting outpatient, seamless outpatient care. You know, uh, there are certain jobs that you think, well, yeah, that's common sense. Why wouldn't I have somebody in there like that? But you don't think about it until you actually either meet the individual or get down to the hospital. And you're like, man, I'm glad someone like that is right here. <laughs> Help me figure out what's next. Now, Doc, this is robot-assisted surgery that we're going to talk about, not robotic surgery. Right. Uh, it, 
Could you tell us the difference between the two of those? Very good question. So a robot assisted surgery. So, you know, I, I think a lot of folks, when they hear about robotic surgery or robotic anything that, you know, it's the robot uh, itself doing the surgery. Uh, for example, there's like AI involved and, and the robot is deciding what to do and how to do the surgery. Well, robot assisted surgery is not that. The robot assisted surgery is the surgeon uh, is is um, using the robot through his or her own movements. So it's c- completely controlled by the surgeon. So uh, the way I look at robot assisted surgery is it's laparoscopy. And laparoscopy or laparoscopic surgery is surgery using long thin instruments and a telescope through smaller incisions. So many people have received that over the past decade or so. Oh yes, yes. Very uh, commonplace now. Yes, laparoscopic surgery is, uh, is you know pretty much the standard of care in, in many types of surgeries. Um, in you know laparoscopic surgeries was a real disruptor. Uh, you know, this might be starting about twenty years ago or more uh, uh, in the surgical world because it's patients um, recover quicker, smaller incisions, less pain, get back to work sooner. Much less invasive. Much less invasive. Yeah. yeah. In fact, it's called minimally invasive surgery. So when you hear minimally invasive surgery, that's really what it is. It's laparoscopic surgery. And what robot-assisted surgery is robot-assisted laparoscopic surgery. So instead of using my hands uh, with the instruments doing laparoscopy, it's the robotic arms that cont- that uh, I control through a console where I sit and um, able to manipulate the, the, the robotic arms. So it's the surgeon doing the operation still uh, on ro- uh, robot-assisted laparoscopic surgery. Now, we'll get into procedures, and we'll talk about this machine a little bit more. But as someone who has dealt with a lot of trauma, uh, up to your elbows trying to save somebody's life, <laughs> yes. how does it feel making that transition from using your own two hands, like you said before, wanting to use my hands, to using joysticks or a series of controls? What, what's that like to transition? That's an interesting question. I've actually never thought of it that way. Uh, transitioning, uh, kind of, I, I'm a general surgeon, so, you know, I'm, I'm fairly comfortable with open surgery, uh, you know, trauma surgery, big incisions. Um, but, you know, kind of also trained in, in the era of, of laparoscopic surgery and, and kind of recently uh, robotic assisted surgery. Um, so it, it, I would say there wasn't really a big transition. It's, it's more just kind of like of a, an evol- evolution. Yeah, just another, basically more just another tool, really, to kind of uh, approach a problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, there's certain tools to approach certain problems. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, trauma surgery, or especially when you're, you know, deployed in the middle of nowhere with, with few resources, you um, just do your traditional open uh, surgery and, and stabilize the patient, get them out of there. There's no such thing as robot-assisted right, surgery yeah. or laparoscopy. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, here in a more controlled environment, um, you know, I, it's just kind of way I, I trained and learned and, you know, kind of comfortable doing it all. So. so going from being out there in the field with minimal resources to use to save someone's life to laparoscopic surgery yeah. and now robotic-assisted surgery, a gentle evolution. Where <laughs> yeah. It's not, yeah, 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 really. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's quite a contrast obviously between the two and um. now Sheridan Memorial Hospital has one of these da Vinci robotic assisted surgical systems don't they correct yes um, when did this arrive so I arrived here uh, 
started mid-September, just last September, and uh, the robot actually arrived a few months prior to my arrival. Uh, and, you know, I really uh, am thankful for it. It's, I, I think the, the, the hospital leadership is visionary in, in obtaining this technology for our community here um, for many reasons. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I trained on the robot. I'm familiar with it and, and um, uh, you know, kind of pushing that technology as well. Um, and to be, to be able to have that here, and, you know, and apply it to our community here, I think it's just fantastic. And I, I do think it, you know, it, it will provide a lot of benefit uh, to our community. And, and just having that extra tool, that option is, is you know, uh, quite nice to have. Uh, Absolutely. Um, you know, I grew up in Wyoming, uh, fairly rural locations, uh, scattered around a little bit. And I always kind of thought, you know, we were still in that era of going and seeing the doc who's going to end up having to send me someplace else because we're just too remote. But I am amazed and impressed with Sheridan Memorial Hospital on multiple levels because here we are in Little Sheridan, Wyoming, and we have got the future when it comes to care, transition, uh, and and surg- surgical procedures. You just wouldn't think that, you know, uh, little Sheridan's got the future sitting in its hospital. Uh, and, and this is pretty much the future of surgery. Would, would you say that? I absolutely 100% agree with that. I, I do think this is the future of surgery. Um, I still think it's, it's, I guess, kind of going back to your, your comments about rural uh, hospitals. And, and I, I do think that the robotic platform is beneficial, especially to rural hospitals such as ours here uh you know it's a it it provides um kind of another level of support uh for example um you know i'm able to do the robot without having another surgeon or another assistant or uh you know able to to do those kinds of surgeries where i actually we might need to bring in some other surgeon or other resources which may not be available and so one of the trends that I've learned actually somewhat recently is, is a lot of the rural hospitals are, are also uh, obtaining this technology for wow. that reason. For that reason, yeah. because I don't have many surgeons to come in and assist you. Yeah, right. So, you know, that, that's kind of nice, you know, uh, um, being able to be able to do a surgery by myself, which I you know, may need help from someone else. If I didn't have that platform. So. Absolutely. Wow. Um, it is a wave of the future. Uh, when we come back, we're going to continue with Sheridan Memorial Hospital and Bighorn Surgical. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Federal Bank and Trust is excited to announce the First Federal Community Commitment Program. Each week for 52 weeks starting in January, First Federal will select a Sheridan County nonprofit who will receive $1,000 in cash, plus Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. You can find an entry form at any First Federal Bank location or online at efirstfederal.bank. If you've received a donation from First Federal in the last three years, you're automatically entered into the drawing. Community Commitment presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. 25th annual Christmas Wish Campaign continues, and the committee is hard at work assessing and granting wishes throughout the community. Here's another Christmas wish. My wish is for a family of five. They are not people that generally ask for help. However, they are stuck 
The dad had a serious surgery earlier this year and has not been able to go back to work. Soon after his surgery, the mom was diagnosed with a tumor and a bulging disc in her neck. She is still working, but struggling. Household bills, groceries, any kind of help would be a real blessing. You can help this local Sheridan family. You can donate to our Christmas Wish program by going to SheridanMedia.com and click on our Christmas Wish banner and the Donate button. Thank you to our community partners, Alice Chiropractic, First Federal Bank and Trust, Heartland Kubota, Advanced Auto Body, A-Line Roofing and Exteriors, Wyoming Corporate Office, and Odell Construction. No matter what, people need what you bring them. But sometimes a choice has to be made. You can make a safe one. Always expect a train. Know that trains can run on any track at any time in either direction. Understand that trains are faster and quieter than you think. You can stop track tragedies. Never try to beat a train. You are more important than your... Is your car ready for winter weather? Not sure? Well, take it to Midas Tire and Auto for a free 32-point inspection that focuses on winter needs like batteries, belts, hoses, antifreeze, and tires. If something needs repaired, Midas will give you a quote. So no obligation. From basic maintenance to major repairs, Midas is ready to keep you safely on the road this winter season. Schedule now before the worst of winter weather hits. Protect yourself and your family with a quick trip to Midas Tire and Auto in Sheridan. Shop for everyone on your list and save with the Sportsman's Warehouse Sale Flyer in this week's Country Bounty. Save up to 25% on camping brands like Big Agnes and Mountain Hardware. Gear up for fishing and save up to 45% on brands like Orvis, P-Line, and Lose Fishing. Save up to $400 on cooking brands like Traeger, Camp Chef, Lodge, and more. Check out the flyer, make your list, and head to Sportsman's Warehouse where they always guarantee lowest prices or they'll beat it. Open seven days a week on Brundage Lane in Sheridan. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, we are speaking with Sheridan Memorial Hospital Chief Ambulatory Officer Holly Zeins and surgeon from Bighorn Surgical, Dr. Joshua Scott. We're talking about the Da Vinci Robotic Assisted Surgical System. This is a new advanced robot that can assist surgeons with a variety of of procedures. And uh, we're going to talk about those uh, in just a little bit. But first, walk me through the procedures, doctor, uh, that you follow, say, uh, uh, from the time that you walk in, you do your prep, and we've all seen doctors do that, standing at the sink for five minutes, making sure that everything's nice and clean. And then you walk into the room, what am I, what do you see? That's a, that's another fantastic question. Um, usually my mind is focused, uh, you know, as when I get done washing my hands and everything's clean and sterile, my mind is now focused, you know, on the patient and, um, you know, basically from, from what we call skin to skin from the first incision till when we're done and closing the skin and all the steps in between. And, and the, the preparation for me begins way before the surgery itself. And, yeah, I do find myself a lot of times, you know, just going through this surgery in my mind, yeah. uh, you know, the day before or even days before, um, kind of like a lot of athletes do before a game, uh, you know, preparing for a, a big game. Absolutely. This is my big game, I guess, if 
uh, would, would be the analogy. And uh, so my focus is, is on that, that game, I guess. It's the patient and, and making sure every, every detail is correct. Um, you know, one, surgery is very humbling. It's a very humbling profession, and, and any surgeon will tell you that because um, uh, you have to be very detail-oriented. If yeah. something's a little bit off, you know, um, it could lead to a bad outcome, and that includes uh, making sure the team is ready, the equipment's ready, that, that I myself am ready, that the patient is ready. Uh, so there's a lot of prep work kind of leading up to the surgery. Then the surgery is just kind of the grand finale, and that's the fun part. Uh, you know, once you have everything uh, in place and are, have the confidence and have a good team that you've worked with and trained, and uh, they have the confidence and uh, they're interested just as much as you are in taking care of that patient, and then it's then that's the fun part. Now, uh, if I was a patient laying there looking up, what am I viewing? Is this a, a, a series of robotic arms that come down so like in the our, alien movies? Or? Not really. So our anesthesia colleagues are very, they, they, they have magical medicine. So a lot of times <laughs> what they can do is, you know, a lot of patients, you know, understandably will have, you know, a bit of anxiety prior to surgery. Uh, I would. Um, and so our, our anesthesia colleagues will give us some medicines that can help them forget kind of what's going on. So in the, uh, and the preoperative hold area, you can get some medicine that kind of wipes your memory from from then forward. So if you were to remember, what you would see is you would be lying down on the table with the surgical lights on you, and you would see a uh, uh, what we call the, the the patient console, and that's that's the robotic arms. So what it is, it's 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 a boom that's got four uh, robotic arms uh, kind of hanging off of it, and those arms are what we attach. The, the basically the laparoscopic instruments too, and I can control those arms. So the patient would see that, and in the corner of the operating room, they would see the surgeon's console. Uh, that's where the surgeon, or I, I sit, and um, basically what it is, it's, um, uh, it's, it's a video screen that I look through, uh, like it uh, looks like sort of like a pair of binoculars, and uh, two little... Um, not like joysticks, but two little arms that I, I control that um, uh, that control the robotic arms. Are those touch sensitive? So the more pressure you put on that system, the more pressure that robotic arm is going to put down? Y- yes and no. So, yes. So, um, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the more I move or you know, the more I kind of squeeze an instrument, the more that the robot will respond to that. Uh, I say no because there's not actually not – just yet have really a lot of tactile feedback. Okay. So that's where, uh, you know, having experience in laparoscopic surgery, doing lots of surgeries, knowing, you know, how, how tissues react uh, to manipulation, that, that's how um, you apply that to, to, to robotic surgery. And, and, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, eventually I believe that you know, as the robot technology evolves, uh, the, the, we will get kind of tactile feedback through the the uh, robotic arms and all that. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. <laughs> now, can you you can probably change the types of tools that you're going to use, or are there just like four or five tools that you that you kind of know. You know the old the old wrench, hammer, and and there's my screwdriver, and then those ones yeah. I know I'm going to use more than any other. Yeah, exactly right. Um, you know, I would say 90% of the time it's the same things, uh, the same tools. Uh, 
but then every, every, every now and then, uh, you, you know, there could be something special, you know, like a specialized job or you're like, I need this special tool to do this. And, you know, we have those. Um, but yeah, I w- you're, you're exactly right. I, I would say that most of the time it's the same instruments, uh, uh, that, um, you would be able to do most surgeries with. And what would those be? Let, let's go the top four since we've got four robotic arms. Okay. So, um, it is, is very similar to laparoscopic surgery. So, uh, just kind of for tip, uh, tissue manipulation, we have graspers to kind of help us kind of move things around, uh, to expose the, where the organ or wherever we're operating. Uh, then we usually use an energy device, uh, what that allows us to do is we, it's called cautery, allows us to be able to uh, cut through tissues um, and uh, while allowing hemostasis or, uh, to decrease bleeding. So I'm cauterizing the wound as I cut. Yes, exactly right. Cauterizing the material around it. Okay. Exactly right. And, and that, that helps and cauterizes and, and stops any bleeding from that, which is, this is not a new thing, uh, you know, electrocautery and surgery, but it's, you know, used in laparoscopy and robotic assisted surgery as well. Um, and then finally, the other instrument is, is a, uh, uh, a, a needle holder, uh, which allows us to sew, uh, suture. Is this, is this like a, does it look like little pinchers? Yeah, is exactly that right. Yeah, yeah. Just little pinchers. Exactly right. And you can sew with this. Yeah. You can sew that's with it. Amazing. And that's what's nice about the robotic platform is is it it allows much more degrees of freedom uh, over traditional laparoscopic, even open surgery, I would even say. And so uh, the, the robot allows suturing uh, in spaces uh, in places that are almost uh, impossible to do or very difficult to do with just uh, traditional laparoscopic surgery or even open surgery. So that's one advantage of the robot is it does allow much more degrees of freedom to to um, be able to do repairs that I think I wouldn't even be able to do um, traditionally. So I've got my pincher, I got my knife, and I got my suture. What else do I have on there? Uh, again, this is kind of uh, just the evolution of laparoscopic surgery. We have staplers. Um, that's not really a new thing. Uh, we use those also in open surgery and, and those are also on the robotic platform for, for doing like bowel resections or stomach resections, uh, those kinds of things. Wow. <laughs> and um, you can switch those out. It switches out. Yeah. Now, do you do that or do you have a technician on site yes. who knows this machine inside now? Precisely. So there's a technician at the bedside at all times, uh, which, which allows me just to stay at the console. And so it you know, this kind of goes back to that, your previous question on, on preparation, and that's you know, having a great team in the OR that includes the bedside uh, technician helping with the instrument exchanges and, and, and really getting to know the robot and how it's used and anticipating what's next, especially uh, if I need to do a quick instrument exchange or you know god forbid there's some bleeding uh you know they he or she knows exactly what to do so so that they can react so they can you react. can react yeah 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 so kind of like uh back in the day seeing the nurse get ready with that tool beforehand yeah just and already it, holding it when you reach back well exactly in in in, in uh you know any of the the techs or circulator nurses at the hospital you know i haven't been here that long they they usually know what i need before i even know what i need <laughs> and uh so which is funny it's uh, the sign of grace it's just staff, like yeah right that Right. That's exactly what I wanted. Thank you. Or if I ask for something that I'm wrong about, and they hand me the right one on, 
Like, yeah, thank you. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that just goes to that, uh, you know, uh, really reflects on, you know, how interested they are in, in, in taking care of the patient and, and, you know, making sure that I'm on track. Cause you know, surgery can be kind of stressful and, you know, I'm very focused and, um, sometimes, you know, that having that help is, is, is essential. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I can't even imagine. I can't even, you know, imagine myself or what I would do there. I, yeah. A lot of pressure that you guys go through. Now, um, let's talk about some of the procedures that uh, this thing can actually do. Because this robot can't do everything, right? No. No. So what can we accomplish with this? So what we can accomplish with this is uh, pretty much everything that we can do laparoscopically. So you, anything that we can uh, uh, operate on with long-term instruments and a telescope, we can do that also with the robot platform. Those include, you know, hernia surgeries, uh, colon resections, um, and my other colleagues, uh, prostate surgeries, uh, and, you know, some OBGYN surgeries as well. Yeah. Um, so... Pretty much everything that we can do laparoscopically, like we do on the robot as well. You know, I was in uh, Laramie, 2005, when I felt a sharp pain <laughs> that shifted to the other side of my stomach. And as soon as that happened, I knew what it was. So I went to the Is hospital. Right? Oh. It was a typical surgery. I, I have a typical scar. My wife at the time suddenly experienced this exact same thing maybe five months later. Her surgery was completely different than mine. Same thing. We both uh-huh. needed our appendix out. Mine was traditional. Now, they did tell me mine was pretty dang swollen. So maybe <laughs> yeah. there was just not a lot of prep. But hers was done laparoscopically. And just little tiny incisions, whereas I've got this pretty good-sized scar. I'd say probably two, three inches maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just how, it's, it's amazing how fast the evolution happens. Or do you think maybe I'm overthinking that? And they may have just said, this thing's so swollen, we need to get it out now. Yeah, it's hard for me to comment on that. But that's, yeah. that, that could be, you know, sometimes where, uh, you know, someone's real sick and has got a really bad problem, uh, can't necessarily do laparoscopic surgery and, and therefore wouldn't be able to do robot-assisted surgery. Sometimes a lot they just of need to get to in it. there and, and uh, you know... Uh, you know, typically, uh, you know, robot-assisted surgery kind of as it stands and kind of my skill set is, is for elective or non-emergency surgeries. Um, you know, that's evolving. There's a lot of robot surgeons out there now doing emergency general surgery and some of these things like appendix or a really bad appendix, which you probably had. Um, so it's it's definitely evolving. It's an evolving technology. And it's, I'm excited to kind of see where, it, where it's where it goes from here. And and that is kind of a, a, a bit of, of my comment is as we go along and, and this machine evolves, would you say a decade we're going to see something maybe in, in the emergency room that can be used? Because as you said before, there's a lot of preparation to these operations. And, and so going in there, we all know the game plan, but in a trauma state, it's it's more reactive than than proactive. Yeah, I think kind of yeah, I think you're right. I think this this technology is, you know, it's it's robot surgery has been evolving over the last 20 years or so and and I personally think it's uh you know, really been been kind of slow to 
to be, become popular amongst the surgical community because it really hasn't been really shown to have really great utility beyond what we can already do with either open or open or laparoscopic surgery. Um, I, I think it's gotten to a point now where the the technology is, is showing some some benefit um, uh, with the way kind of how we do surgery, the way we think about surgery, and uh, the way surgery is evolving. And I, I do believe that the, the robot platform itself is it's you know I look at it as a tool, kind of in the toolbox, like we kind of talked about before. But I I do see that it's 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 kind of its own modality as well that. The, the technology is allowing us to, to reach spaces or that we couldn't traditionally do or so in spaces that we couldn't traditionally do or even think about, hey, you know, we can approach maybe this hernia in a different way that we haven't been able to before because we have that um, that that platform now that where we can start pushing that. And so, you know, I, I think that this the way I kind of think of the of robot is kind of like the the smartphone in a lot of ways is you know how that was sort of a disruptive technology it took a while to 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 come into existence but really we, evolved to what it we did have. Yeah. yeah then when that you know the iPhone one came out it kind of changed the way we communicate and and then how the smartphones really evolved since then over the last ten fifteen years or so and and I I believe that kind of the 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 state of the art in robotics surgical robotics now is kind of where like at the iPhone one and it's going to really, I think, uh, continue to evolve over the next 10, 15, 20 years. And it's really be kind of fascinating to see, you know, where we take it. Yeah. Now that we actually have a platform to build off. Of, yeah. Yeah. What the exactly. heck can we build? Yeah. On that, I've got to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to continue with Sheridan Memorial Hospital and Bighorn Surgical. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM, Sheridan. Federal Bank and Trust is excited to announce the First Federal Community Commitment Program. Each week for 52 weeks starting in January, First Federal will select a Sheridan County nonprofit who will receive $1,000 in cash, plus Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. You can find an entry form at any First Federal Bank location or online at efirstfederal.bank. If you've received a donation from First Federal in the last three years, you're automatically entered into the drawing. Community Commitment presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. When you're in pain, it causes stress. Even minor pain is telling you something's not right, and early detection is the best path to relief. Make a call to Dr. Colin Hardy of Atlas Chiropractic. Not only can he alleviate your pain, but also reduce physical stress and boost and maintain proper immune system function. Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. 
Hi, this is Colton Bates with The Best Team bringing you this week's best tip. It's officially the start of the holiday season and it's time to gather with your family and friends. But we all know how difficult it can be to travel in the Wyoming winter and traveling safely is easier said than done. So some simple steps. Use something like the Wyoming 511 app to check your road conditions before you or your company takes off. Leave a little earlier in the day to avoid driving at night and take it at your speed. It's the holiday, so don't feel rushed. And if you're flying, get there early and don't miss your flight. For more helpful tips, call Colton at 675-BEST and visit bestwy.net. Wrap Plumbing and Heating has been serving Sheridan since 2010. With all these years of experience, you can rely on them to handle all of your plumbing and heating needs. From new construction to remodels, repairs of existing systems to retrofitting, Wrap Plumbing and Heating can do it all. They are professional, clean, and courteous. Call 429-1196 for all your plumbing or heating needs. As we like to say, if you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. Dan Marshall here with Captain Clean. Your heating and cooling system are the lungs of your home or business, taking air in and breathing it out, directly affecting your indoor air quality. Normal day-to-day activity generates lots of contaminants and air pollutants such as dander, dust, and chemicals. Call today for your free HVAC cleaning estimate. It's 100% free, and nobody has the equipment or expertise to clean HVAC like we do. Call Captain Clean today, 672-0726. Affordable choices for healthy living. You know, all right. Good morning. Welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, I'm with Sheridan Memorial Hospital Chief Ambulatory Officer Holly Zeitz and Surgeon from Bighorn Surgical, Dr. Joshua Scott. The Da Vinci Robotic Assisted Surgical System. This is a new advanced robot that can assist surgeons with a variety of procedures now being used as an option at Bighorn surgical holly let's talk about the cost of this piece of equipment but what a great investment this was for the hospital to make how much do these things run i can only imagine absolutely it's a huge investment in the in the advancement of care for our community it's a two and a half million dollar investment all in robotics that includes some remodeling that we have to do to make sure that everything works and that we have the right sterile equipment to to care and make sure that the robot's up and running and is in tip-top shape so, but again, we're going to, these students, uh, like we were talking about over the break, they're getting out of medical school and they're looking for places where they can administer the care that they want to give. But at the same time, are we on the cutting edge of anything anywhere? Cause if I was looking for a place of employment as a surgeon, I would look to the future. I would want to go someplace that dealt in this kind of stuff. So is that that's also an investment there. Yeah, absolutely. It's in the investment of our future of our <clears throat> medical staff. So a lot of the um, people coming out of residency, our physicians coming out of residency are trained on robotics. And that's what they're looking for as they're looking to partner with a hospital and come to a community. And it just shows the um, advancement in technology and the care that we have um, and passion for our community to make sure we recruit the top physicians that we can. And then also the physicians that are here have the opportunity to train on the Da Vinci robot as well. So um, it attracts and also retains our staff that we have here. Absolutely. I mean, if I was a surgeon, man, this seems like it would be something that, you know, for lack of a better term, fun. Is this fun to, you know, maybe not play on, (laughs) you know, that's, (laughs) that's too strong of a word on the other end, but fun to use. But yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, um, there's a lot of kind of, 
focus, you know, I would say on, on kind of the cost of, of, of the, the platform, which is completely legitimate uh, in my opinion, but there's a lot of other kind of these secondary effects that, that we don't really talk about a whole lot when we're kind of focusing on kind of the bottom line. Um, and the, and that does include, you know, um, you know, how, how the surgeon feels, uh, you know, it, it's, it's um, the ergonomics of the robot I find personally is, is better than doing traditional laparoscopic surgery. So your hands, actually uh, hands, yeah. mostly kind of your spine, your neck and your back and all that. And I've actually talked to some older surgeons who are kind of near retirement age and they, they, they adopted the, the robotic platform into their own practice. And they say, Hey, you know, this added years onto my surgical career. Wow. After doing, you know, decades of laparoscopic surgery, that's, it's really kind of hard on the body. Um, it's exciting too. You know, I, when you said fun, I think, yeah, you know, it is fun. And, and that's why I do surgery. <laughs> you know, that's why I am a surgeon because, you know, in, at the end of the day, if I'm not having fun, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm, if I'm not taking care of patients and doing the best I can, I'm not going to do this anymore. And, and this, you know, this is, you know, just kind of personally something that I like, um, you know, I think it will, will help me kind of with my own morale and, going going forward and and having a, a you know technology that i can push and and you know not really experiment but sort of experiment and see where i can go with this what um, can i accomplish what can i accomplish this? with yeah. this what where where can i go with this and how can i use this to benefit my patient um that's exciting um I, exactly you wake up in the morning and you're like you know i've got a procedure to do today and i get to use the da vinci machine that's exciting uh, you know, it, <laughs> at the other end of the spectrum, we had these big, massive machines, huge type of robots that built a bridge. I loved going to yeah. work to do that because I got to use my crane. And, and if I get to play on the crane, I could be up there for 12, 13 hours. And that, because I was on the crane. Any other job, and I would have been complaining early on in the morning, you know. So I can I can understand, or at least at least come total line with you on that, where it's like I get to use this new advanced piece of equipment, but you know, obviously, what you're accomplishing a little more intricate <laughs> than what I did. But when it comes to training, how much training did you do on the Da Vinci machine? That's a great question too. Uh, the the it was basically the the training uh, started from my first day of medical school, uh, learning to become a doctor, and then the residency to become a surgeon and knowing how to do surgeries and to do them well, um, to do them safely, uh, to, to to transition to laparoscopic surgery and do that safely, uh, and then into the robot assisted laparoscopic surgery. It's it's you know it's a tool to 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 do surgery and and. Um, you have to know how to do the surgery. You need to be good at it, um, even with a robotic platform. Uh, so I, I did do uh, some recent training um, uh, to learn the robotic platform. Uh, I did an advanced uh, minimally invasive fellowship at the University of Virginia, and I worked with a robotic surgeon and general surgeon there, a fantastic guy, Dr. Hollowell. Uh, and he, he taught me a lot of the intricacies of the, the robotic platform and how to use it and how to kind of push it and how, how, to, how to use it to help benefit, uh, you know, a patient over what I could traditionally do laparoscopically. Um, so that's kind of where, 
kind of the bottom line is, is you still need to be a pretty darn good surgeon, no right. matter what tool you're using. And that includes this, you know, the robotic surgery. Was there like a left seat, right seat ride? Did, did you get to assist in a procedure? Yeah. And then afterwards he was like, all right, son, now it's, you take the it, controls. It's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a mentorship or apprenticeship kind of, uh, a training is exactly right. Where where I trained, there was instead of one console, there were two consoles, and you know we kind of hand over instruments, and then you know eventually it's you know I was doing my own, <laughs> you know yeah. my own surgeries, and you know and I would tell him, hey, I'm doing a surgery over here on the robot, and he'd be like, oh, that's cool, you know, and <laughs> he'd come in and 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 you know see how I was doing and all that. So, is there anything else that you would like folks to know? We only got about three minutes left. Anything else you would like folks to know about this new advanced system up at the Bighorn Surgical? Yeah, I think kind of really to to, to really kind of understand what it is and and uh, you know robot assisted surgery is 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 a great piece of technology, uh, but it has its its role. Uh, you know, it's it's not something that we we can do for any and every type of surgery. Uh, not every patient's a candidate for robot assisted surgery or don't go in there expecting it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and, and, um, another thing that I I have to stress is it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a tool in surgery. It's, it's minimally invasive surgery. Um, it's not going to give you a big, great, better operation over traditional laparoscopic surgery. It's a, it's a tool, um, that I think is evolving and, and that data, uh, that supporting better outcomes is still yet to come, but it will come. Uh, we're kind of in this phase of, of really learning this technology and mentorship and uh, the, the evolution of the technology. Um, and so that, that'll, that'll come out eventually. But uh, we're going to see the, a lot more of this in the future. Oh, I, yeah, I, I think so. You know, I, I think uh, just kind of what I've experienced over the last few years is this technology is really being adopted kind of, widely across across the world you know here and in europe and and uh you know like uh, what holly was saying uh, most of the surgical uh residency programs and OBGYN urology the, all their trainees are being trained on the robot and, and i think there's a reason for that uh, i think that surgeons are really kind of seeing this technology for what it is and and they're 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 training uh you know the younger surgeons and uh to to use it and you know uh we don't have a lot of time uh, left, but remote surgical procedures are much more possible with a piece of equipment like this. Uh, you could be in Texas sitting down there. And now I'm not saying this is what this does. I would much rather have the surgeon in the room, right. but yes. we could see something like this in the future. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's been done already before. I think, uh, there's there's a surgeon in 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 the United States who did a surgery on a patient in Europe oh, wow. uh, through this kind of technology. But Doctor Holly, thank you both so much for coming in and talking about this amazing piece of equipment. Thank you. Thanks for having thank us. You. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 9:30 KROE and 103.9 FM. Share.
First Federal Bank and Trust is committed to our community. Beginning in January, we'll be donating $1,000 cash each week for 52 weeks to a qualified Sheridan County nonprofit organization. And Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. First Federal is one of two mutual banks in Wyoming, which means they don't pay stockholders. They reinvest your funds right back into the place we call home. Visit efirstfederal.bank for details. Community Commitment, presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. The wish you could smell this ad deal. Because if you could, you'd be smelling McDonald's fries right now. And they smell like McDonald's fries. Enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like six-piece chicken McNuggets, hot and spicy McChicken, or McDouble, each paired with small fries. And add in any size Coke or sweet tea. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. It's a black tie affair. The inaugural New Year's Eve gala at the Caliph Shrine in downtown Sheridan. It's not your average New Year's Eve party. Pull out the tux and the evening gown for this one. The evening begins with drinks and a prime rib dinner at 6 p.m. while enjoying the big band swing sounds of the Hot Tomatoes, Denver's premier dance orchestra playing from 6 to 9. Chris Munzik and the Innocents will take the stage and help usher in the new year from 9.30 to 1. I've been waiting on you to come over, riding me a spell. We know it's a little early, but tickets are limited. They are just $135 per person and only available at the Y.O. Theater now through December 20th. So get yours today before they're gone and celebrate the new year in style with the inaugural Caliph Shrine New Year's Eve Gala in historic downtown Sheridan. Sponsored in part by your friends at Sheridan Media. Okay, true or false, candy canes were invented at the North Pole. That is actually true. You know what else is also true? You can get great Christmas gift at Handel's Service Center. Think about a snowplow for his 4 before side-by-side. Heck, think about a 4 before side-by-side for that special gift. There's snowmobiling accessories, Bluetooth speaker systems for your 4 before or how about that crazy new Mad Rams? You gotta see those to believe them. Christmas shopping at Hando. Ho, ho, ho's. Have you heard? Sheridan's own vacuum tech is growing and they're now hiring part-time weekend workers. Open positions include general labor, machine operators, craters, and more. Vacutech is offering weekend premium pay and a $2,000 sign-on bonus. This is the perfect opportunity to make extra money or even a great living while working weekends and enjoying the week off. For more information and to apply, visit Vacutech's open opportunities page on their website at vacutechllc.com. 103.9 FM is News Talk 930, KROE, Sheridan.